Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. Don't touch me. Hey, Ray. Hey, Sugar. Tell them who we are. Well, we're big rock singers. We got golden fingers. And we're loved everywhere we go. That sounds like us. We sing about beauty and we sing about truth. At $10,000 a show. Right. We take all kind of pills to give us all kind of thrills. But the thrill we never know is the thrill that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. Want to see my picture on the cover? On my jeans, I got my poor old gray-haired daddy driving my limousine. Now it's all designed to blow our minds, but our minds won't really be blown. Not the blow that'll get you when you get your picture on the cover of the Rolling Stone. You get to show her where the kitchen is. Oh crap! We're on the air. This is episode <laughs> 174 of the After Lodge podcast. Uh, joined by Nick, our buddy, for part two in a continuation of the show from last week. Uh, which Wait, what about the rest of us? Has any uh, I'm, I'm getting there, right? I like to mix it up. I can't he always likes to talk about formerly famous people. That's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> or he'll think like he's really important if he's always introduced last. So you gotta, you gotta check Mason, it out. formerly known as. <laughs> yes. this, is like, this is part two of two. We kind of have to introduce the introduction before we actually get to the people. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. So last week we did a show, which uh, isn't published yet. And in that show, we, we had uh, Nick Johnson discussing his uh, controversy created with the uh, elitist inside blog entry. And then we went down the dues rabbit hole for about six hours, um, which is not uncommon on this show. So when we finally ran out of time, we decided we would come back for part two to talk about the stuff that isn't related to raising dues. So Nick was gracious enough to rejoin us. So I give you Nick Johnson, the millennial Freemason. Pastmaster of Corinthian Lodge, number 67 in Big Time Farmington. Yes. Um, big time is big time the city. It is. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, got a main street and building. It's beautiful, and they ste- oh. have a steakhouse. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, the voice you hear in the background is uh, other Nick. Nick number two. Nick uh, 
Nicholas. He can't talk right now because his mouth is full of food. He's known for a week <laughs> now that we were recording at 8.30 tonight, and he waited until that time frame to eat yes. on an all-audio show where he yes. has to talk. Yep. He chose to eat now. The the Iron Man social media champion. My brother, and that voice you hear is Bruce, who did not just get fresh blueberry muffins made by his fiance. Oh. I mean, that's a fair point. Nice. All right. So this vibrating noise I keep hearing, I'm going to assume is is Bruce, and that's why he doesn't have the camera on. That is not me, sir. Maybe it's Jeff. I don't know what that is. That is my busted Xbox controller. Ah. All right. So playing Xbox. Yes, I am. Cartman Jeff. Love it. (laughs) I usually am when we record. I am After Lodge Harlan, which Explains if you're watching the live stream, you can see my, my official little tagline of the After Lodge sensation. Um, endorsed by no one but him. You know what? That's the only endorsement that matters, buddy. Positive self-talk. That's what I learned from my group therapy today. <laughs> why, why is everyone waving? Everyone is waving. Oh. Um, Hello, not- uh, Nick Jr.? Yep, there he is right here. Oh, that's it. Hello, Nick Jr. I had a small child that wasn't mine. Yeah. Um, I know he can't. He, he can't hear us. So that's, also, that's, that's boys, we gotta be on some kind is, of better is behavior. There a second plugin. Uh, my wife extorted the live stream link out of me this evening, so Aww. that's a thing. What does that mean? I don't know. She's disappeared from the room, and she has the live stream link. God only knows. What is she going to do with that, Harlan? I don't We've discussed know. guarding that. I'm scared, man. I'm scared. <sighs> could be. It could be all right. over some like Facebook mom group right now. So she's probably playing it in a Facebook Live video as we speak. Yes, to one of those creepy mom groups that yeah. she's in. Um, Very creepy. They're all kind of creepy. It's like a secret Facebook group <laughs> full of moms. It's kind of like uh, every Jewish kid's worst nightmare. <laughs> my boy never calls his mother. Mine either. You might have known. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. I, I was thinking more like the Stepford Wives, but I guess yours is scarier. Yes. We should gang up on them. <laughs> they can't ignore all of us. Yes. And then they, they start passing around tips on how to appropriately guilt their children for maximum success. Yeah. You do Jewish mom voice, uh, like, scarily well. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Considering. Yeah, that, that, that's a long and complex story that we don't need to get into <laughs> on here. Of why Bruce finds that ironic. Um, as most All of right. you, you know, I was not raised in a Jewish household. We'll, we'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> So, anyway. Anyway, what, what, let's let's get into what we are getting into, and of course, our honored guest disappeared. Nick, yes, is is no longer there. I think his son abducted him, or he brought him blueberry muffins, and he oh, he's back. Human he decency to turn off the microphone and camera while he ate the blueberry muffin, right? Or if his kids are anything like mine, his son just like dropped trowel in front of the camera, and he had to cut. <laughs> He wants to be a part of it. Yes. He's trying. That's something my kid. 
Yeah, they have a badly. fascination you, for like shedding clothes at him. inappropriate times. Maybe he could get some free education, Nick. Why don't you have him, you know, sit in? No, no. Is this? Oh, oh, he. Oh, we're, yeah. we're okay. You don't want okay. to associate him with us, okay? I, I, I get well, it. because then you guys are gonna sell Beamalay, and then I'm gonna have to say nasty <laughs> things about the youth groups, and then. Well, that's how he's got to start collecting the titles now if he wants to surpass you. <laughs> that's true. And who's gonna inherit your blog when you die, man? Exactly. Do you, Do you want him to have donating it? I'm going to donate it to my alma mater. <laughs> there will be no another thanks. millennium after this one, and that millennium will need a Freemason as well. Correct. True. Millennial. Millennial. Wait, are you? Wait. You're millennial, Mason, uh, not millennium, Mason. Oh, uh, millennial Freemason. But when I first grabbed Twitter, oh, you know, at first was Nick Johnson, and then I was like, hey, my blog needs one too. I never use that one. So uh anyway Bruce you're yes, uh uh I, my I was commenting to my wife about you know when I was in the heat oh. of the moment a couple shows ago chastising Nick for not owning up and whatnot and then said I was going to do this thing at lodge and then instead of oh, being yeah. like a a wise counselor master who would be like well Harlan I don't know about that. Let's talk about it later because you've got a lot going on and I don't want you stretched too thin and whatnot. See, instead, I, I, I you totally would have oh? done that because I am a good friend. However, my laziness exceeds my good friendness. And, and yeah. like to get free content and lodge, like I would rather have that than be a good friend. So yeah. he was like, <laughs> okay, I'll jot you down. So anyway, I, I, I've, I've penciled you in. I've been working on that. Uh, so this Saturday... Um, for those members of our lives that actually listen to this show. So you know who you are, all two of you. Um, mm -hmm. I'll be doing that. I, I have titled this this thing, um, George Washington This Is Your Brain. Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, This Is Your Brain on Freemasonry. And it begins with a snapshot of George Washington's brain with an enlarged Masonic lobe. And, uh, oh, it's, it's not a frying pan with an egg in it? Yeah. Well, that, that's when you zero into the subconscious. It's it's a very complex neurological discussion. Are there going to be a lot of like slides and stuff? Am I going to have to have somebody work in the the, the remote? You know, for, I haven't done projector. So I haven't done any slides yet because I think they would be helpful, but they may also be distracting. Like, there's a tipping point, and I haven't reached that tipping point yet. So as of right now, there's no slides, but there's a really good possibility that there will be by Saturday. Because I'll just get tired of trying to memorize random things and sources and whatnot. But um, yeah, so I'm going to share some some combination of things that is a combination of ripping off and bastardizing Chuck Dunning's work um, together with some blasphemy from Sam Harris. If you're familiar with Sam, if you're not. Uh, in between listening to the After Lodge podcast, I encourage you to listen to the Waking Up podcast with Sam Harris. It's one of my personal favorites. Isn't he the atheist? I can't stand his politics, but otherwise his whole neuroscience thing in modern philosophy is really cool. Um, Nick, you want to ask that again? There's, Isn't he the atheist guy? Yes. He is the... That's He won't be sourced in Lodge because somebody's oh, going to call that out. Aren't you... Uh, so you're just teaching atheism inside your lodge. That's interesting. Yeah, basically. No, Sam's a really fascinating, fascinating dude. Um, I listen to his show all the time. Uh, it's one of the few podcasts I've actually given money to. 
Um, so there's there's some of that, and then uh, the rest of it is mixed in with conversations I've been recently having after Lodge with uh, with Tony and Joey and some of the other guys that have been hanging around about generally like what are we even doing here, you know, here being in Lodge. So I'm trying to to tie some of that together. Um, no offense to Brother Dunning. I hope he never hears about this and comes and yells at me for bastardizing and misunderstanding his work. So I'll be sure to let him know. Yeah. Well, he could come out to our lodge, listen to my talk, and then give a better one. That that'd be <laughs> more than happy to entertain that. Uh, he'd be like doing an hour about here's why Harlan's completely full of crap. <laughs> He's actually whatever enjoy being shown up. Hey, I really like it when David Riley does it. It, it, it yeah. gets me excited in some strange way. Hey, David Riley flies out to lodges and does talks. I mean, you can get yeah, him out there. Yeah. Well, and part Chuck of the problem too. with flying people out is our lodges broke, as we discussed on the last show. Yes, our appearance fee right now is uh, 27 cents and a free dinner. So, Well, it's just a flight, right? I mean, yes. they don't yeah. they never charge for anything else. Did, did you miss flight. the part where... We were arguing about a twenty dollar dues increase when it needs to be like two hundred. But we're not talking about dues, so stop it. I see nope. what you're doing. Nope. Dues. Dues. We, we, we made it like ten minutes, Harlan. What the hell was that? <laughs> we're not doing it. Uh, and with that, uh, I just wanted to to share the progress so that uh, you guys could follow the narrative of why you shouldn't put your foot in your mouth and volunteer with stuff in Masonic circles. Even in podcasts that have Masons on them. But I'm so, so. glad you did. <laughs> Not only that, I've been telling everyone it's going to be happening Saturday. Oh, uh, also, Saturday, we've got that thing that makes uh, people from other lodges come to our lodge. Oh, you son. And I had uh, uh, Ray actually put the word out in the three lodges he's visited. So hopefully we will. Have oh, that thing. Worst masses with all due and appropriate yes. respect. Yes, sir. Just, is, no. Nope. You have to say yeah. the two years. Really loathe you right now. <laughs> all right. So with that, I'm gonna fumigate and uh, somebody talk about something cool, like uh, why we're gonna pull down the Albert Pike statue at the Scottish Rite building, not just in Judicial Square, but take him off the Scottish Rite. I'll take down the bust in the middle of the stairwell. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who's Albert Pike? Is he like important or something? Yes. Isn't he in that <laughs> offshoot masonry? So yeah. he's the guy whose carcass is entombed in the wall of the Scottish Rite building. So we're probably going to have to pull that out too and desecrate the ashes. <laughs> an interesting way of wording it. Well, you know, I, I was reading, where was it? Somebody made a comment where, you know, I wonder if the, the Supreme Council kind of brought it upon themselves when they said, he's the only Confederate general. That actually has a statue in the federal district. It's like, don't announce that, guys. In the federal <laughs> district, like I'm a little concerned about all of the things about Robert E. Lee at West Point. Like that hurts me. Nobody better touch those. That guy's like a deity to the cadets. He is a a officer hero for everything that an army officer should ever be. <laughs> and to uh, pull him into this this racist debacle that's going on right now also makes me sad. So it's not just Pike. Well, Arturo posted that Pike was only was a brigadier general for a brief period during the Civil War, but then a, he resigned. Well, 
yeah, he like resigned after the war. I was going to say, like, we all study this. He was only yeah. a general because he had to be, right? Like, your, your, your state back then was your country, and your country was at war, so you went to answer the call to war. And if you were a, a prestigious, educated man like Albert Pike, well, that probably meant you were doing some high-ranking officer appointment. But let's face it, yeah, he, he was a brigadier general of, you know, militia, not like the well-regulated army. Well, wasn't he, I mean, he was in, in Indian territory anyway, so like Oklahoma and things, right? So how far out, yeah. did he do anything of any, I don't know, would you consider it uh, anything of note during the Civil War? Or was it just kind of like he was a brigadier general, general and that's it? Well, he so he was a Confederate officer, which that's what everyone has a problem with. Never mind the fact that anybody who lived in the South who was educated was a Confederate officer. Like, are we just going to tear down all of them, no matter what they did outside of their service to their state? Um, Depends on who you ask. Like, that that's just kind of ridiculous. Like, th these are people answering the call of, of what was essentially their country. The same as Couldn't you the I. same thing be said about Nazis? Uh... It could be, except, well, it is often said about Nazis, right? Like, there's a lot of German soldiers who ended up fighting with the Allies during the invasion because they didn't want no part of that. They just didn't want their families killed. Um, but it, it was possible to at the time to be an upstanding German soldier or officer and also despise the Nazis. Um, that, that happened. So, you know, not, not everybody who was with the Confederacy really agreed with secession even, but people's loyalties were different back then, right? If you lived in Virginia, your loyalty was to Virginia. That just happened to be part of this union. So you might not have liked the idea that Virginia was leaving the union, but if somebody's invading Virginia, damn it, you're grabbing the rifle off the mantle and going with the other men to do something about it. Well, it, it, you know, I did some research on this, and, yeah. you know, I think the, the, the biggest, I, I, I think, you know, and I think we're going about it wrong in terms of discussion on, on this particular monument is that, you know, yes, he was a, a brigadier general in the Confederate Army, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, the, the, the people that are putting this up, you know, was actually the uh, southern jurisdiction. You know, it was the Supreme Council that actually, uh, oh, really? you know, paid for and erected this. I mean, right. you know, because according to this, it says, you know, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia page about this, so take it with a grain of salt. But the so uh, Supreme Council of the Southern Jurisdiction chose Italian American artist uh, Gatano. Uh, Trentanove to sculpt the memorial. So, you know, it's being paid for by um, by the Scottish Rite Southern Jurisdiction. Now, right. the interesting thing is that the Grand Army of the Republic, which was, you know, fraternal organization for the United, uh, Union Veterans, uh, when they found out that they were actually putting this statue up, they actually contacted the congressman and said, um, you know, this is a disgrace to the memor the memories of all Union soldiers. Uh, but, 
it, it appears that Congress approved the memorial after the Masons themselves assured uh, Congress that it would be that they would depict Pike as a civilian and not a soldier. That's why in the statue itself he's holding uh, a copy of Morals and Dogma, and he's dressed in a standard civilian clothing. So I think that's that's you know the point at which I would argue with people is that this is actually not a sculpture dedicated to a um, Confederate general as much as it's a statue to a man who forwarded the ideals of Freemasonry. Right. Like, right. If the statue itself doesn't even mention the fact that he's a no. Confederate general. It's not on any inscription on that statue. If no. you don't know, then it's just some random guy holding a book. Well, and otherwise, well, there's a lot of that conspiracy nut job stuff that he helped found the Ku Klux Klan and all that other nonsense. Oh, yeah. But Really? If I haven't you, heard that. Yep. If you were, I mean, if this is the criteria we're going to apply to anybody who was a Confederate officer just isn't worth being remembered for anything else, you've wiped out a whole chunk of our historical figures because anybody who was from the South who did anything of repute is, is just ruled out for, for memorial at that point because, again, at the time, it, it was a draft-type situation like your country or your state was going to war, that's what you did. And if you didn't, no one's going to erect a memorial to you because you were a coward. So, like, these men were doing what they were ordered to do, what, what they had to do for, for the defense of their, quote, country. Because, again, loyalties lied a little bit different at the time. And it's the same thing we'd expect of, of like, anybody in the United States today. I mean, how many wars are we embroiled in that uh, most, I don't want to say most, I don't want to generalize, but for instance, I, I would have a major problem. I do have a major problem with just about every military conflict we're involved with today, but if it got bad enough and like you know, we don't have enough with the regular army and it's time for, for guys like me and Bruce to, to pick up guns and go, I mean, you know, I don't like it, but I'm going like that's that's what an honorable man does. And and that's what these men were doing. And I don't think scraping them from the books of history and overruling all of the other notable stuff they did. For instance, Albert Pike is not remembered for his service to the Confederacy. He's remembered for being essentially the founder of the modern Scottish Rite, Which is kind of a big deal. Um. I personally didn't know he was a Confederate general until after I found out about him from on a Masonic yeah. standpoint. It wasn't until I looked into like, why do all these Masons really like this yes. Albert Pike guy? Most yeah. people do. It's it's one of those things that's not relevant to his contributions. So, I mean, I don't. Well, I mean, he. I saw I saw something interesting. It said. Uh, knocking down the it said something like knocking down the statue isn't erasing it from history. Some history belongs in a museum, not on a pedestal. It, yeah, except in this case, you're talking about Americans. No. Like in the United States of America. This, this, this whole thing about the reconciliation after the Civil War was kind of like two brothers when they get done slugging at each other in the backyard. Like, okay, we got that out of our systems. We've established some boundaries, but we're brothers. Like these states were readmitted to the Union. 
their rights to the federal Congress and, and otherwise their rights as members of the union were fully reinstated. Like the, the, the whole peace process was, you know, this really sucked because it was Americans killing Americans. Uh, I, I mean, so much so that Congress passed the act afterward that forbade the deployment of federal troops on in U.S. towns again. Like, so that we couldn't repeat this exercise of killing ourselves. So, anybody who was, was part of the Confederacy, they still need to be remembered that these were Americans. And, and whichever side, you know, history ends up favoring 200 years from now, that war was important because it, it, it needed to happen to, to sort out some really unsorted issues in our republic. And so it was a tragedy, but it played a vital role in shaping us into who we are. And it's not like we're standing up statues of, of Nazi officers in Washington, right? It's These are Americans. They were fighting for what at the time was arguably an American idea. That we just left the United Kingdom. We can leave the United States if we want. Uh, turns out they were wrong because, you know, good old Abe had other things to say about that. But... I just I really struggle with the the idea of villainizing the Confederacy because the Confederacy was was us it was it was other Americans. I don't know. Does, does that make any sense at all, or am I just like ranting like a lunatic, or is it both? Or call my little call me. <laughs> Makes sense. I would I I would like to add a, uh, a a quote that that Pike said. I was reading this uh, Wikipedia article. <clears throat> he said, when I'm dead, I wish my monu monument to be builded only in the hearts and memories of my brethren of the ancient and accepted rape. So, like, even he said he didn't want the statue of him. Which I think well, but funny. I think the fact that his brothers in the Scottish Rite were the ones who wanted to erect that monument means something. Like It, it wasn't yeah, like... they worship a guy without listening to his words. Well, yes, there's there's that. I mean, well, come on, there's there's an entire major world religion founded on that principle. We won't go there. So, um, only one, easy. Mainly one because it's one guy, right? Other, never mind. Oh. I'm not, not going down the rabbit hole. Well, you know that actually leads me, you know, getting away from this Confederate memorial uh, controversy that's going on. But what do you guys think of the deification of Albert Pike within the Scottish Rite? I don't think it's as prevalent as it would appear from the outside. Um, so most of why we hear so much about him inside the Scottish Rite is that the, the monitor that we use uh, has his name on it, right? It, it's, he authored the ritual. But today, most of the books on my bookshelf... Uh, that are Scottish Rite ritual material writings or whatever, they have Art De Hoyos on them, not Albert Pike. Um, so tear so, down the Pike statue, replace it with a De Hoyos statue. Well, I mean, we would, okay except he's still alive. You, you probably don't want to build a statue of someone who's still living. Like that just feels. Why? Yeah, they can cut the ribbon themselves. Feels... <laughs> Jeez, man. Well, and you know, if you look at the statue itself, I mean. If you look at it, he's holding morals and dogma as if it were a Bible of some kind or a law book, right? And then you have a lady laying upon it holding a 
the the banner of of the Scottish Rite, and it just kind of fascinates me. It's almost as if he's, you know, David or uh, hmm? the Pietra, you know, that that was created by Leonardo da Vinci, you know, I mean, or Michelangelo. I mean, so it's like you're looking at it, and it's almost as if, you know, you've got a giant bust of him within the Supreme Council. Yep. And I I I, I don't know. Maybe as a non-Scottish Rite Mason myself, it always seems a little strange that there's. Okay. You know, this, this hanging out of every word that he said. So, so think about, think about in the Blue Lodge, the busts and paintings and whatnot of of Brother Washington everywhere. By the way, do you know he was a Mason? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like a statue of him in this pose would not be be strange to, to anybody. Well, except and, you know he was a slave whipping plantation owner, but yeah, yep. sure, fine. So. Well, that's what I'm saying. But you're you're talking about through the eyes of the the people who revered him most. Whoever you know, whoever came up with the idea for the statue, yes. is is, is going to be somebody who saw him more as a deity than anybody else. So every the Blue Lodge needs its statues and paintings of George Washington everywhere. The Scottish Rite, for reasons that I, I don't know, we want to delve into, uh, doesn't have all of these depictions of George Washington. So we had to have something. So we have Albert Pike. <laughs> A bearded but man. It makes sense, right? It makes sense. You can't right? have George Washington. It is, the home it is only natural for a man to seek out a a hero and yes. whatever whatever his oh. Oh, branch of good. life is. I mean, I don't like they, they exist in every facet of society. Correct. Why why wouldn't the Scottish Rite or Freemasonry be any different? <clears throat> I mean, he's. Like the guy that that really assembled all of this other stuff and and formed it into this thing called the Scottish Rite. Um, and so, if you care about the Scottish Rites, like Albert Pike's going to be a naturally important figure. And so, of course, you're going to see busts of him in the Supreme Council building. Plus, well, he's in he's tomb, which is kind of creepy. So. Like he's in the wall. Yeah, that, that, that's, I mean, he's in tiered there. I mean, they built the building itself to represent the mausoleum, you know, <laughs> the the actual mausoleum. It's insane to me. I, I And that's why I, I ask, because, you know, being a guy who participates mostly in the York, right, there really isn't a central figure of, of either creation or a central figure of character within that, right? So, I, you know, it's always been, fa I mean, how... how much does Pike find himself within the actual rituals other than his voice coming through? Not uh, at all. Work. There's not a single ritual that contains allusions to the person of Albert Pike. Yeah, but um, he made it, so it makes sense that we put him on a pedestal. Yeah, like in, and, in, oh, sorry, go in, ahead. No, uh, Nick, I think you had a mistypo because you said it was York right, but I'm, I'm pretty sure we call that the best right. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> The yeah, true right, yeah. I think, is the other one. I don't know. The only right that matters? <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I think, uh, you know, we're going to measure this just like the Blue Lodge does with membership numbers, and uh, I think we got you. Well, you know what? Honestly, I, I got to say that I, I actually like the the way the American Federation of Human Rights, that's right, the Co-Masons, do their system, <laughs> whereby it's a self-contained 30-to-2-degree system. And so you start and you have to work yourself through 25 degrees or 25 years of degrees. And they actually take their stuff seriously. I don't know. Yeah, well, don't start, guys. Right what, 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 what does that even mean? Self no. Explain. No. Oh. 
It started. Well, it, it uh, means you start from one to thirty-two. It takes you twenty-five years or so, and there you go. You got to tell him the background. Bruce isn't on the Winding Stairs Facebook group. Oh, that's true. Yeah, well, you do it, Nick. He used to be, and then he got. <laughs> so R.J. Johnson, R.J. Johnson, right? He posted a link, and it was pretty clickbaity. I gotta say, it was, it was a little clickbaity, where he basically <laughs> said that if he, I think I'm pretty sure he said something like, if he had to do it again, like he would probably be a Phil Mason because they they're doing things right, something like that. Did I just correct? Put him yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, that's exactly correct. Yeah. And he asked the question, you know, if if he, he listed the descriptions of what they actually do, right? Mm -hmm. So they have a self-contained system. It's very slow. You don't get to advance unless you've made suitable actual proficiency in the preceding degree that you're doing. Definitely get on board and, with it. Yeah. And so you know, and and essentially, it's everything you imagine. Freemasonry has actually being put into practice, except for there's ladies there. So, <laughs> oh, literally every aspect of this is sounding kind of appealing. Um, what repercussions would it have on the lodge if I admitted while I was mastered? Uh, expulsion, shunning, um, maybe the inaction of of certain obligatory things. Um, what? It wouldn't be good. It must be some Pennsylvania ritual. I don't know, though. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but twice, you know, that's the first. Well, that's the thing. Is in I, 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that's the thing I like about the Scottish Rite that I hear about is that it is essentially a self contained system from 4 to 32 with a 33rd degree. Maybe. You know, it's more maybe. of. It's more of a, a loose collection of, of high-grade old rituals uh, that are kind of woven together by theme okay. that progresses. Okay. Um, well, and, and that's the thing is I'm a terrible Minnesota Mason because I, I live within, you know, I, I work in the city that actually has the valley that does all 32 degrees, one after the other in a long-form class, hmm? and I'm not a member. <laughs> Yes, I so I keep meaning to, and I believe my valley is is going to be making a trip uh, out to Minneapolis um, to to actually see some of those. Uh, we're trying to reinstitute uh, quite a few of the degrees that that we haven't done in a very long time, awesome. uh, so long that there's nobody left living in our valley that knows how to do them. <laughs> so. Um, we, we've got most of them, right? We, we've got, there's just some really obscure ones that dropped off a long time ago. And so we're looking to take a trip to Minneapolis to see those, mm -hmm. uh, so we can recreate them here. Yeah. Well, and know, this, maybe that, I'll have to stop in and say, Hey, uh, since you can't stop in and say, Hey to us, cause you're a bad Mason. Yeah. yeah. I, I accept that. But you actually, you'll love building it. You're a member of like the 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 tall oaks of California or, or some obscure <laughs> thing like that. Sequoia, Nick, my Yeah, I said it's how are you not in the Scottish right? I know. Well, it's because you know. Actually, I do have a good reason for it. Is that I actually am planning on joining, and it's it's one of those that I want to do it right. And so, because it's every Thursday, 
I want to be able to experience it every single Thursday and actually yeah. go through it all so I can get the th so it's it's more of a time issue now at this point cuz you know it's and the and the guys are always like, "Well, you can always come back." I mean, you can always check out the you know, but it's like I'm sitting there going, "But I'm paying this money. I want to see it." You know. But, but they have a deuce card. I know, with stickers. I know. I know. It's it's like a credit card thing. It's not even that floppy paper thing. It's like God, like it's actual like, plastic credit card with a barcode and stuff. And, and yeah, see, that would be nice because it's not like my George Costanza wallet that I have to sit on all day. I, mean, <laughs> God, just, I think I'm gonna have thrombosis in this right leg. I mean, I, I you know you want it, and then every year you get to put another sticker on it. You know you want it. So should I join the Scottish Rite instead, <laughs> or should I join uh, the Shrine? <laughs> Oh, oh come on! Good. Man. You know the answer. Well, why are you going to bring up a shrine? <sighs> well, Someone you're not letting me. me talk about dues, so I have to talk about everything. <laughs> Someone asked me. He's a what do you call that guy that leads to shrine? Um, potentate. Potentate. He's like, hey, we have a class coming up if you want to do it. And in that same breath, someone mentioned something. Look, that some. It sounded really offensive. He kind of gave like a little bit of the degree away. And I was like, does that not sound offensive to you? And he kind of just looked at me and I'm like... And we're like, okay, well, yeah, good talk. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm actually in a pre-petition phase of Shrine. Don't ask me how. I, this, this, is, this, is, this is my advice to anyone who's a Mason. When you go to a large... You know, statewide event, you know, I always look at name tags because these guys love name tags. And, you know, I was sitting there and I was looking around and I said, you know what? I, I never, I never have considered shrine. Let me tell you, I did not look at the guy's name tag that said membership committee of shrine. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was it's like, did you know that they have iPads? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had iPads. They have iPads with petitions on them. Hey, hey, you want to be, you want to be, you want to be? Yeah. And, you know, he's like, don't worry, you don't have to join right away, but let, let's get your information in here. And it's like, oh, God. Yes. Uh, Hard, high pressure. Itself for public consumption, I think. And so if you were running a modern-day fraternity that didn't require Freemasonry as part of it, that's probably how you go about it. With iPads and yeah. aggressive solicitation. And he's sitting right there on me going, well, let's get the rest of your information. I'm like, okay, so what does this do? Well, it puts you in a pre-petition phase. Oh, <laughs> and then, you know, he had my numbers and he was calling me every three months. I'm like, what is this, Amway? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just join the Columbia Record Club? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you... You'll die and not die that. If you sign up three friends, your dues are free. Yes. Huh. That so, would be a good idea. I learned uh, last year. Sonic Pyramids game. Scottish right. You only have to have one. Uh, I kept waiting on a dues notice this year and never got one. So I started feeling bad around May. So I called the registrar and I was like, "Hey, I need to pay my dues." And he's like, "No, you don't." Huh? <laughs> and you were like, "Okay, bye." Yeah. <laughs> never mind. Forget I called. <laughs> like, yeah. when did marketing guys start joining the the craft? <laughs> Yeah. Um, probably. Sunshades, when... <laughs> Nick. Yeah. Episode one. 
yeah. So like we don't have I access to episode you. one. I do. <laughs> I, was say, I was looking at other Nick because he heard it. <clears throat> oh yeah. Well, you know anyway. that's the thing. It's like, you know, not even going to talk about dues because we don't have to do that. But you know, the, I think the reason why we have such ridiculously low dues is because you know these guys have been convinced that if you get enough guys in, right? If if we can get enough loss leaders to get these guys in, we'll be you know, and it's it's all numbers game. And I sit there and go, guys, this isn't a numbers game because these guys show up, they look around, and they say, this is ridiculous. I'm out of here, you know, and then they leave. It's like almost literally the opposite of the attitude you should have. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah, I don't understand. Actually, I actually had that conversation with somebody yesterday because there's a lodge that's failing, and they have a good number of members. Um, but nobody wants to lead, and the lodge is kind of it's just everybody's either burnt out or they're just like, forget it, it's over, and they'll probably turn in their charter in the next year or two. And the guy's like, hey man, if you want to get in there with like David Riley and you know so and so and so and so, you guys could like own this lodge. And I was like, yeah, but we have so many lodges so close to each other. Like, I think we have, I don't remember the number, it's something absurd, like 30 lodges within an hour of, like, the furthest, right? Like, it's just, it's just stupid. Nick, and I was like, I'm, 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 I need to tell you something super important. What? Are you listening? Yeah. Let it die. Oh, so, no, no, of course. So that, I told him, I said, listen, dude, I, I kind of believe there's already too many lodges in South Florida with 10 people each. I said, right. To be honest, let the lodge die. It's like they weren't made to last forever. And he's like, but their dues are so low. And I'm like, <laughs> like that's ever been a reason to belong to a lodge. A failing lodge. Well, and, and, you know, I'm actually writing I'm writing a blog post about this right now because I'm I'm doing this Deuce? concept of a market market based Freemasonry, right? And so, you know, I, I was thinking about it, and, you know, my first bullet point on, on this is that we should allow lodges to die quickly and easily, right? Mm-hmm. Because it makes perfect sense. I mean, in, in any kind of marketplace, if, if a failing idea is failing, you don't, you don't continue it going. I mean, it's like, Polaroid is dead. Why are we trying to keep, you know, or Kodak, you know? Exactly. We don't film cameras, and, but at the same time, you have to have the flip side, which is that you also want to have lodges... Give give brothers the ability to start lodges quickly, you know. So when one dies, if a better idea is coming up, you want that lodge to come about quickly and easily. And that's that's the dichotomy. Like in Minnesota, it takes twenty five masons, and and this is me complaining about that I didn't get my lodge project off the ground. That so takes twenty five masons. It requires that none of those masons are lodge officers in any other. Or, or elected officers in any other lodge. So that means master, senior, all, both wardens, secretary, and treasurer. So now try and find 25 masons that are active that aren't one of those five in another lodge. And it takes that you have to get a signed sheet that says that you can do the work, which is now a a uh, uh, um, a, a non it, – it's a subjective standard, not an objective standard. And then you also have to prove that you can meet somewhere. And so I'm sitting there going, how, how in the hell do you start a lodge in this place? 
you know, yeah. it's it's just not feasible or possible there. And, and you know, but, I'm sitting there going. I mean, like, like let's let's be honest though. Like, if if you can't come up with those things, then that lodge probably doesn't need to be started. But it's true. Well, at twenty, mm. but twenty five is kind of high, don't you think? I mean, a, well, what's a good uh, number? Fifteen. You know, I mean, it doesn't. You know, the thing is, there's fifteen officers. There are how many the, lodges that you know that have just fifteen guys left that are still what was functioning? The, what was the rule way way back when uh, a lodge couldn't have more than what was it like fifty people? Well, if that's a, a lodge had more than fifty people. They had to start a new lodge. That's a traditional observance <laughs> construct, and that and that's so that they can they can populate the, the rest of the system, you know, essentially 50 and then another one shows up 50 and then another one shows up. And so then the idea spreads quickly, you know, it's a viral concept. Um, but I mean, I, I, I like that idea. Like why have 200 people belong to one lodge? Think of the dues. Well, and that's the thing is, is also we're, we're, we're a trust based society, right? We are literally trust based. Okay. And because of that, you have to have an inter, an interlinked, very common core, you know, of, of individuals, whereby you can reside and, and, you know, work with them. And so when you have a lodge of 250 people, like the lodge that I was, a that I'm a member of, you know, even though I, I took as much pains as I could as master to meet all of them, most of them are out of state, they're not active, they're not yeah, you know, it, for a lot of different reasons, and it's one of those that it's kind of you don't create that same trust. You know, you'll have these guys come in, and <laughs> and in Minnesota we have this this program called the Dusty Square and Compass, and it's for these guys that haven't been in lodge in you know years, and now we're showing them again how to be a mason. Hmm, you know, that's cool. Retraining them, and it's a great idea. It's just, but it kind of belies the whole the whole uh, system falling apart that you don't have these close knit bands you know, 50, 60, 70 guys that know each other well enough. You know, it's lodges that are 600, 700 people, and that's encouraged because, you know, they believe this idea of pooling resources is somehow a better model within a trust-based society, and it's just simply not, you know. Right. that no, At that point, not. it becomes a numbers issue. <clears throat> well, I, wish, I wish there were a way to make that more visible to the, the everyman, the every mason. And then you have the problem of 250 guys in one lodge. That means if I want to go through the officer line, how many people are lined up, you know? And that's the thing. It's like, okay, so in the Swedish rite, the, the thing is the degrees themselves, right? So the progression through the degrees is what matters, not the progression of officers. Now, in our system of masonry, the Preston Web, leadership is the thing, right? The, the highest honor that can be bestowed upon you by your brothers is worshipful master for one year or more mm. it, it's an honor that's given to you 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 then receive the you know the designation of past master and that's that's the difference is so in, in american freemasonry by making these lodges so large so complex you lose the ability to be a leader within the lodge and then you're cutting these guys off and they kind of disappear because they're sitting there going, I've put in two or three years of work. I'm not getting recognized as an officer. And, you know, we have guys that don't want to be an officer, completely understandable. But there's a lot of guys that want to be and they'll never, ever, ever get the chance 
other than moving to a, a lodge that's essentially dying and having to go into one rebuild mode, which really sucks as somebody who's had to do it in multiple occasions. And that leads to burnout, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to build uh, rebuild York right. I I couldn't possibly figure out where I'm getting energy to save another lot blue lodge. That's that's a lot of work. And it's mm -hmm. so I joined this lodge. You? I'm not going to be like worshipful master in two years like freaking Nick Johnson over here. Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing too is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, and that's the thing. It's like at some point burnout happens because you're constantly rebuilding something that's smaller and smaller and there's constantly a push and drive to merge lodges together, which then makes them much larger, but then again, more unwieldy. And, you know, it, it just well, keeps losing its personal touch. I see it more from the opposite angle, Nick. You're talking about uh, building lodges, you know, from the bottom up. I'm, I see it as uh, uh, maintaining lodges that are overly saturated is is what causes burnout. Oh, of course, that too. <laughs> yeah, that's the double-edged sword. You know, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, as you know, as somebody who has, I mean, I'm. I'm I've got one body that I'm a member of, and I'm in constant rebuild mode in that one too. And it's just. You know, it, it it's a high honor, but nobody wants to participate because the people that are participating are already active in like 800 things. And as yeah. more and more members die, <laughs> you know, now you're having to, you know, essentially replace them as well as doing your own work. And it's just exhausting. And then you, you see this burnout and it's just... You know, and, and again, that's the double-edged sword with the numbers. You know, we need the numbers to be able to maintain the structure that we have currently because the current structure that we have uh, presumed that we are going to have, you know, essentially one active mason for every ten non-active masons or something like that. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think something my mother lodge did, um, and it's actually, I mean, I just commend them so much for it, is... He resurrected a lot of the old positions inside of a lodge that don't, I mean, they're not really used. But, you know, there's an apron, there's a jewel. Yeah, sure, if you want to do it, do it. And what he did was he took a lot of the guys who are really socially, I probably shouldn't say that. He took a lot of the, eh, no, I'm going to say it. He took a lot of guys that are kind of socially awkward and maybe didn't get along that well with too many people. And he gave them positions because nobody else did. And he's like, you, yo, own this. This is you. And he gave them this pep talk, and he's like, bro, this this is you. And these guys own these positions. And it's awesome because attendance is up, right? These guys come to practice. These guys are getting noticed. Um, and it's just something that they're doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing is with, with, with American Freemasonry, unlike most other systems, where it's the education and the degree system itself that is – creating the nourishment, right? You're not trying to be these specific things, you know, not like in South America where you're you're a Scottish Rite Mason and you're hoping to be recognized as a 33rd or something like that. You know, in this system, it is absolute leadership, you know, and it's trying to move up the chairs and to be a leader among the craft so that you can be an instructor because, you know, at least in this, at least in my state with, the, with how the monitor describes 
what we what our duties are as a Freemason. It's to instruct our lesser informed brethren. So right there, we are we are charged with the idea of being an instructor as much as we are to be instructed, and that's 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 the most unique portion, the most unique feature of American Freemasonry is that portion that we are leaders and instructors of our fellow brothers. Yeah. When I went to the local Scottish Rite, everybody, like, everybody had a hat, and they'd make it just such a big deal with why, oh, he got it all. And it was kind of like, so what's the hats mean? And they're kind of like, well, you know, he, he did this, he did that. And it's like... Again, so the so I'm being introduced to like 20 guys, right? And the only thing you guys are telling me is, "Hi, my, this is my hi, this is my name, and this is the color of my hat, and this is why," which tells me you're only in it to get the hat colors. Well, I'm gonna sit out on this one because I like my hat. What color is your hat? It's black. Uh, see how we. Oh, there's our white and red or something. But I'm going to get a red one. Oh, you're going to get a red one? Yeah. Aren't you fancy? <laughs> nice. Yeah. So do they do that ceremony in-house? Do they do the, uh, what is it? The, is it a, a, an investiture? Or a... Yep. It's the investiture of the Knight Commander of the Court of Honor. Okay. Because it's fancy sounding. I know. Holy smokes. Yes. That's some, like, so... that's some commandery quality titles right there. Do you ever uh, pull out your uh, your your ring for? Are you going to buy a ring for that just so you can have people kiss it? <laughs> no. Uh, so in our valley, we're cheap. So my Scottish right ring came encased in uh, plastic because it's not actually a gold ring. And uh, I'm kind of scared of any other Scottish right rings I might buy. They'll, they'll be like gumball machine ones. Yeah. No, I, I just never got into uh, Scottish right. I mean, I did the one-day class in Massachusetts. I did that. Fun fact, I did that four days after I was raised. So. Hmm. <laughs> and then the next week was chapter. So, yeah. Well, then I'm, I'm, I'm terrible in that I, I took, you know, and you probably saw that on the resume. It took me, I don't know, four or five years to finally join something. And then they were like, hey, you don't look busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but how did you go from senior steward to worshipful master in three years? Well, that, that's the thing. Is, okay, so my lodge was in rebuild mode at that time, right? It was having a lot of turnover on leadership and things like that. And I and the the worshipful master after me, and then the worshipful master two before me, were instrumental in writing the ship. So now we haven't had a a skip over skipped over chair in probably four years, and it was because we we finally figured out that we needed to institute uh, responsibilities and expectations for those those brothers that were taking on leadership positions. Before, you know, it was just like, well, you know, I mean, he's the only one who can really just show up and be here at least half the time. And But then, you know, these guys would get busy with their businesses and things like that. And 
I know back in my article, it was one of those finding out where people are in life. That's kind of what I did with officers is I would sit them down and have coffee or whatever and, and you know, have a coffee clatch with them and say, you know, let's, let's, let's find out, are you going to be able to do this for seven years? And they would say, yeah, yeah. I, I think at, at my position in life, I am able to dedicate seven years and we haven't had somebody drop out of line and, in three or four years now because of that. And I think it comes down to actually talking to your officers. So many of these these bodies, they the, the officers are just some guy that's, you know, patted on the head and said, hey, go go do this thing because we don't have anybody else to do it. And, you know, we figured out that that's just not feasible. That's not workable. And you have to figure out, you have to create expectations of your leaders themselves to actually... Uh, make a line work properly. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we spent a lot of time. I've been in rebuild mode so long that it's like, you know, I can, I can describe pretty much the, the easy steps by which you can save a body, but it's so much work. So you have to, when you're going into it, you have to tell yourself that this is something that you think is worthwhile and necessary. And then once you get to over that hump, then it becomes just, you know, essentially work instead of, you know, hard work or difficult work. So, so what you're yeah. saying is what you were talking about earlier about that burnout from uh, rebuilding over and over is uh, more experience than anything. Yeah. Partially. I think it's, it's verve, you know, it's, it's, it's having the, being able to use both St. John's to figure out Saints John to figure out what you need. You know, you both need that, that verb of the Baptist and then that thoughtfulness of the, the evangelist to actually, you know, guide whatever you're doing, you know, symbolically. Those that's kind of what I was using in my, my mind was that I had to be both a zealot and also a, a patient listener at the same time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I'm all for the rebuilding phase, but I, mean, you, you, I was talking to- rebuild so many times. Well, it's not that. I was talking to another guy. He was confiding in me that his lodge is literally, it's so, it's so stupid. His lodge is literally split down the middle, whether they're like, guys, either we let these do, these young guys do whatever they want. Or we're just going to shut down the lodge because there's nothing else to really do. Because none of y'all want to do anything. And he's like, it's kind of what you said. There's only so much you can do when you you just got to be like, look, guys, just, just let's just call it and find another lodge. Mm -hmm. Oh, gentlemen, yeah. look who's here. Oh, oh Lord. With the shades. Chaplain showing up. I guess that means that the show is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do all the quits, guys. <laughs> Sony, welcome to welcome. the show. Hey, how's it We're going? We're talking about dudes. You, uh, <laughs> you, remember, you remember Nick Johnson? Hello, sir. Millennial Freemason. Nick yeah, Nick Johnson. Why are you wearing shades like that? Can you hear me? Yes, but not well. I can't see you ha past your hater blockers. 
Hey, it took me forever to find you guys. Harlan didn't send me the link, and then I'm looking everywhere. I, I don't know why you guys are trying to keep me from the podcast, but you uh, did not try very hard. I channeling say, the original like, glory I, days. I'm looking at my phone right now. I didn't get a text. I doubt Harlan uh, did. In, through the NSA and Department of Homeland Security, I was able to finally track you guys down, and that's how. Wow. So I'm that's, I'm here. That's that's what the glasses are. All right. We're glad you're here, Tony. Yeah. We wanted to know how much should your lodge raise dues? No, stop oh, it! Son of a stop it! <laughs> Did he just disconnect? Oh no! No, no. no actually, uh, you missed out on no. all the fun. Um, Bad news. We were putting Bad together a, a mob <laughs> to go to Washington and kick over the statue of Albert Pike with our new. That thing has offended me for years. I, I haven't been able to sleep at <laughs> oh, night. Oh, come on. Uh, it, it's that moral thing. The aspect book. of your person doesn't offend, Tony. My York right. <laughs> ah, I'm a member of the York right. Of course. And okay, so, I feel, so. Like, I feel oppressed. I feel oppressed by Albert. So. Oh, I love it. This is this is so good. This feels really good to me right now. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. So, wait. wait, wait As a fellow you. York right, the York right that the whole Christian stuff? You all hold in such high esteem has embraced this guy. What did you say about York right and the Christian stuff? Is that, was that your question? I just want to know why you're wearing a watch and sunglasses. <laughs> like Dude, nobody I, needs to wear a watch inside. I am I am being tracked ten ways to Sunday ever since last week. So, so um, what? that's what Oh, totally a reason to keep a watch on. I wear my sunglasses. You don't know what that watch can do. <laughs> I just happen to casually no be to going. Wear a watch inside. When is there ever a reason to wear a watch? <laughs> also, he's wearing sunglasses. And why it's is my Dick Tracy watch? Hold on. So tell us why you're incognito, Tony. I was coming back from a trip last week, casually minding my own business, and, and I was coming to Virginia. <laughs> I was coming through this little town in Virginia, and I've seen a bunch of people there. Ever since then, I've, I've just I've been feeling very followed. I'm a white man. I'm of mature <laughs> age. You're worried your picture is going to end up on Facebook. Exactly. All that they're, they're gonna, yeah. <laughs> Somebody waved to me. They pointed at me and kind of did a, you know, hey, how's it doing? And so I waved back at them, and next thing I know, I'm on video. And so... I have had to go underground. Well, when you wave, you don't hold your hands straight out. Yeah, did you, you have to bend that? the elbow a little bit. Not how people wave, Tony. I understand that's how they were waving. Yeah. It's how you wave if you're driving down the road in your Trump truck and you got Trump stickers all over it. And I was just waving back. I stuck my hand out the window and I was just waving back. And the next thing I know, the big mob starts following me, and so I've been hiding ever since. So, did you, did you maybe yell any words out your truck? Did it look like you were giving I see the, the guy? Salute? No, I was just waving. Oh my gosh, uh, you were that guy that was on TV. Did you hit any cars by any chance? No, 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 that wasn't me. No, that that's not. Don't me. even joke about that. Yeah, don't that. Yeah, that wasn't me. <laughs> no. Tony's Tony's truck would have done a lot more damage. Yeah. Well, he's also anti-fa <laughs> anyway, so I mean, yeah. Oh, that, why? What is it? Yeah, go ahead and tell it's them. It's not a label, man. Everybody needs labels. If we don't have labels, we don't know who we are. <laughs> 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 
what? labels. I, I don't know enough about fa to be against it. So I don't know if, if I'm pro fa or anti fa. I really uh -huh. don't know. <laughs> I think you're fa. I'm I'm kind of neutral fa. I don't have an opinion on fa. Would you, you feel say that you support the one percent of the one percent of the one percent? Oh, I miss you, Bernie. Please come That's back. That's awesome. <laughs> He's not dead yet. I mean, close. I'm really going to be close, running in 2020. Yet. I believe that is in three and a half years, and then you will see me there. It'll have to be With a hologram because he's like 97 years old. So. He ain't gonna hey. die anytime soon. His work he'll is not. Good. He'll be a, our first hologram president. This is what Bernie would have done. It'll just be his head in a jar. He'll wait yeah. and then my last student loan payment and then manage yeah. to pay, like universal student loan forgiveness. Yep. How and awesome would that be? Freebies. That, that's how that'll work, by the way. Uh, so everybody who wants their student loans forgiven should help me pay off mine faster. So, because as soon as mine are paid off, that's when so, it'll so, happen. <laughs> so send me money. So what, I'm just... <laughs> I'm just hearing an interesting thing where y'all talking about before I interrupted you. But seriously, that that was it. it. We it were taking over all the statues. We were yep. discussing leadership, yeah. actually. So I'm curious about your thoughts on leadership. Did you? Did I you think hear we should have Trump some. Say... Okay. That's actually, good. Tony, what we were discussing is the local newspaper and how you and I are in it more than once. And if you can round up any copies of that, that would be fantastic because apparently it's last week's and they don't exist anymore. Bruce wants to show his mom. I want to show a copy to my mom. <laughs> Thank you, Harlan. I would like a copy to give to my mother. <laughs> who is very proud of me. It, it, isn't that the song? Bruce, that you should Rolling call Stones? Isn't that the Rolling Stones song? Which one? About 50 copies for my mother or something like I that. Know. I was born Cover in Cover of the Rolling Stones. Oh, come on. Y'all have heard that song. Okay, that's got to be the closing music, Harlan. Cover on, on the cover of the Rolling Stones. I'll see what I can do. Because <laughs> yeah. it talks hey, about having to buy 50 copies I mean, for on. my mother. Like, oh, I haven't posted last week. Never mind. I was going to say last week opens with Steve Miller. Like, that ought to make you happy. I'm okay. I'm shocked. Tony just heard he appears in the paper more than once, and he, he's not, like, out right now trying to buy a copy. <laughs> no, Tony's in the paper all the time, man. Dude, it, it, it's, it's yeah, the and, local... and you better believe he's got every single one of them framed on his bedroom wall. That'd be a big wall. Did you forget that he ran for the uh, the county governorship not too long ago? That's right. I, for, I forgot I had a full-page headshot on there. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. Were you wearing shades? One. And he wasn't running as a libertarian. Like, this was a legitimate, like, big party nomination. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, yeah, it was a real election. It wasn't play or nothing. Nice. I wasn't running as a joke. That's... Oh, stop making, fun of, man. stop making fun of the Harlan's first, Libertarian Party. The first jab was funny, Tony. Hey, the I'm a member of the Libertarian me. Party, so yeah, I'm a member, you. so. I also so don't I paid, I paid money to be a member. Yes. I really did, so I, that's how mm -hmm. dedicated I was to the cause. You know, speaking of which, uh, I have to pay... You know, speaking of which, I have to pay dues to 11 different places this year. Good Lord. So, yeah. It's going to be like nine. Masonic. Three? Eleven. No, eleven. <laughs> I, was, I was making that joke. <laughs> oh. See, I was trying, trying to find the paper that I was on the front cover of the St. Paul Pioneer Press for being a Mason, so 
you know, so congratulations, guys, for, uh, you know, making it to the local paper. I guess <laughs> I did, too. Thank you. That got us in the what do you get out of that? Paying dues to eleven different organizations? Just curious. I mean, I do you really get? You know, I eleven different kind of yeah. Well, yeah, and and, and thrombosis <laughs> in my right leg. But uh, other than that, actually, you know, it's kind of interesting though. Is that if I were in England, right? And England is is actually, I think, smarter in terms of invitational bodies, and in that they don't have very many. But most of the things that I'm a member of aren't actually. Uh, invite only in England. So for me, I think I've, I've found that, you know, I know, I know, I know. England always is better. Except for actually emulation, right? But that's a different story. Uh, but anyway, uh, AMD, I think the Royal Ark Mariner is like, it, it's essential for any Mason to see it. And unfortunately, it's held within an invitational body, the AMD. So most brothers are never going to see it, which is actually... Uh, just to explain quickly, the Royal Ark Mariner is actually one of the third degrees that didn't make it. And we actually have evidence in certain exposés, um, and I can send them to you later on. But, you know, for me, it's that it's it's different stories and, and different different perspectives and all these things. So for me, you know, the Holy Royal Archknight Templar Priest, the, the ritual is fascinating in that it uh, explains uh, uh, different... Uh, it, it's a numerological degree or you know you've got the knight masons which expands upon the illustrious order uh, of red cross so you know it's it's i think what i get most well, of it is that they're supplemental mm -hmm. but they're they're worthwhile supplementals well i i agree with you on the rural art because i think it's a fascinating and degree it, it and it uses the story of noah and the ark and um, the flood and just all, all that type of stuff to talk about a virtuous rebirth and industry. I, I love that degree. Oh. You can Google it and I'm reading about it right now. That's how I found out about it. It's on WordPress. At, <laughs> I have no idea what it is. But, but you know, that's the thing. It's like for me though, I get, I get a, the, when you're in all these different bodies, and I think somebody who's in the Scottish right probably has a similar feeling, is that when you're seeing all these different degrees in a holistic sense, you kind of understand the history and the the propagation of, of ritual in, in Masonic history. So, and that's that's for me. It's like I view it as almost I'm a historian keeping keeping these records because if I don't, then these records are lost forever. And so, you know, I, I love these things, but... Does does uh, millennial does the uh, York Rite have a similar figure? And I'm a member of the York Rite, and I don't know of one. To Albert Pike, Albert Pike is the Scottish Rite. Okay, this is not, not really. I mean, Zerubbabel shows up every once in a while, which is actually an Irish artifact. So, you, if if Zerubbabel was a a prominent figure in Irish Freemasonry, which you know. And people are probably screaming at their screens right now that the yeah. ancients, you know, who were Irish Freemasons themselves, uh, yeah. found important. But you've also got Noah. You've got the the Baron von Hunt, uh, uh, strict observance found within the commandery, which is also found in the Scottish Rite. So, you know, both systems are constantly, constantly touching and bouncing off and touching and bouncing off as you move up these degrees. So, uh, you know, I... But, but the, I I'm, yeah. 
But there's no central figure. No, there's nobody there that's but there's same no as... central f- figure similar to an Albert Pike. No, not really. No, I mean you could say Thomas Smith. That was Webb. actually a real question. I just didn't know if there was. Yeah, I mean, if in terms of like ritual authors, I'd say Thomas Smith Webb would be our closest, or uh, uh, J. L. Uh, uh, J. L. Cross. He would be another one. Uh, Cross actually attempted to create a nine-degree system, and and that last degree would have been the uh, uh, select master degree. So his attempt was to create this nine-degree system. Webb believed that American Freemasonry uh, ended at the Royal Arch in a seven-degree system. Uh, and so, you know, that's, that's, that's you know, just kind of an a overview of how American, American Freemasonry uh, was birthed and formed, was based on these two guys, Thomas Smith Webb and then uh, Cross was actually his protege, and they both were propagating these these degrees and pushing them. So interesting, but no, no central figure. <laughs> I don't know if it's your connection, if it's your connection or my connection, but I didn't get anything of what you just said. Could you repeat that? No, it's all you. <laughs> no, we can't. Save Albert Pike. Am I the one having the problem with the connection? Seriously, I didn't get none of that. Yes, yes, it's just you. I'm going to have to listen to the show. <laughs> well, that would be a first. No, you have a reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, here, I here, do this? The time so he can just fast forward it. You know, he can just scrub it all the way. But no, I think oh. I think I'm good. I, I would say that Jason Mitchell has the best advice on this and. You know, when I was Jason considering the best the, advice about everything, I know, I know, and and his advice on this one is that you should take both, because to get a full understanding of how American Freemasonry uh, developed, you have to see both systems. And actually, to really be re, uh, well-rounded, I would actually add that you also have to see the Northern Masonic jurisdiction, even though they they alter degrees and they play around with them and things like that. Uh, even that, you have to understand. Bit of a why unique. that system looks so different than what you see in the southern jurisdiction. Yeah, I haven't been to the southern jurisdiction yet, but I was going to go out to Oklahoma either this year or next year for their reunion because David Riley says, it's amazing, and then Bob Davis says, it's amazing, and Chuck Dunning says, it's amazing. So I'm like, all right, fine, I'll just fly out there. Yes. Dead air. Dead air. We live there. Before anybody brings up dues, <laughs> anything else that needs to be discussed? Oh, man, I've been holding on to that so long. Oh, God. I We're at an hour out. 12. Should we have part three? <laughs> God. Spit it out, Nick. Spit it out. Uh, but what? Which, Nick? Uh, Whatever you've been sitting on. Oh, you actually want me to throw it out there? You really want that? Maybe. I don't know. What are we talking about? I think we should do part three. I'm afraid right now. (laughs) Whatever you guys want to do, I I don't mind. So Uh, uh, so I'm joining. In in case you've forgotten, we're booked for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I know. (laughs) Come back. It's so cool. Um, (laughs) 
Well, we're going to be talking about dues next week, too. We are? Uh, uh, yeah, because no, um, no, we're not. Brian Godwin is coming on, and he's starting a TO Lodge in California. And, of course, we're going to ask him how much he's planning on charging we for dues. We will briefly touch on dues, but we will not talk about dues. <laughs> we will talk about dues. We will it's ask him how much podcast. he's charging dues for his dues. new lodge, but we will not talk about dues. Hey, Tony, I have something to tell you. Swear to God, if you say this. No, no, this is really cool. It's super serious. A lodge down here is having a golf tournament, although it's kind of dumb because three lodges are having three golf tournaments at three different places on the same exact day. That's stupid. What? That's, but oh anyway, but the, cool, like the cool kids, like the cool guys that are doing it. So they're doing a thing where you pay $20 and you get like two golf balls and you can buy as many as you want and everybody buys these golf balls and they bring it up in a helicopter that's owned by the local news station and they they're a hundred feet off the ground this is so true it's so true and it's a hundred feet off the ground all these golf balls and they drop them all at the same time <laughs> I'm serious and they drop them all at the I share Tony's opinion. <clears throat> and look, oh, listen, you drop them, they drop them all at the same time. And if you get a hole in one, you get a Ford truck on a three-year lease. Holy wait, 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 wait. On a <laughs> three-year lease? One. Can you get underneath there? <laughs> right? Hold on. So I'm dropping the ball or like some news guy is dropping the ball? You're like a helicopter. helicopter. <laughs> the helicopter, the helicopter has a net of of all the golf balls and any oh like releases. Oh, that's weak. If I could throw oh my, my ball out of the helicopter, I'd totally do that. Oh, you really? lost me at least. <laughs> Zing. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. You're serious about this? No, no, they're, they're totally doing it. I'm, are there... I'm are but are there three different groups? Are there three groups going in together on one tournament then? One thing? No, no. Three different lodges have three different courses around three different cities 15 minutes away from each other. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know that some of those players might like to play for other more lot. If they did it over three weeks, they'd get a lot of the same players and they'd get three times the money, right? Yeah, but this is Freemasonry. We don't coordinate like that. <laughs> wow. Hey. Oh, man. You don't get to talk. Oh, Jeff. Jeff. Wait, what? What did Jeff do? Okay, <laughs> there was a huge Slack, there was a huge Slack channel conversation going on today. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm out of town. I'm in Missouri. I'm riding with the new sales rep, and I happen to look down at my phone and I see like 45 messages on this Slack channel. I'm like, what's going on? Yep. So I look at it, and these guys are talking about tearing down statues and stuff. Well, and I look, Jeff pops up on it. And he said, yeah, I've been reading this article today about, and, and he's going on into detail. And, all, and I'm like, work. And you, you, that article was like two hours long to read. So what the hell you been <laughs> doing today, man? I read that article that was posted last night. Oh. If you're talking about the one oh. I think so, and it was five minutes long. Damn, he's getting ready to fire you. And you're like, bro, I read that on the pooper this morning. Dude, I think Okay, that's a good question. Can a Mason fire another Mason? Wouldn't that violate his Masonic obligations? I vote yes. <laughs> and go, <Melinda. laughs> 
I hope I, not. We, I, 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 fight, I, I would never hire him in the first place. <laughs> Don't do business with family. <laughs> <laughs> Would hiring a brother Mason be considered nepotism? Uh, yes. Vince, did you hire them because they're a Mason or because they're a highly qualified individual? Like, for, for in Jeff's case, yes. 100% Jeff? nepotism. Oh, yes. Jeff, yes. Tell me what experience you had to qualify you for this position you have now. Um, none. An ability to put up money for extended periods of time. <laughs> well, really, as long as you're not a police officer and you're hiring them, you're good to go. Because that's the only thing they care about in England. You know, every Mason's <laughs> a cop. <laughs> All right. All right, so Nick, what are, what, are you, what are you holding out on us? About what? Which one? Uh, yes, Nick. He was, so, he was hoping such a vague, open question would get one of you to reveal a terrible, dark Hang secret. On. I have a, I have a, I have a question. I have a question. So I'm joining. The, I'm affiliating with this new lodge, and only because I mean David Riley likes it, and if he really likes the lodge, I mean, do you really need anything else? But the dues are only eighty dollars a year. Stop it! Oh no! You stop it right well, now. You know, there's actually a a. a all right. So the average laborer it took them two weeks, right back in the day. Uh, okay. Wages. Thanks for listening. To to right? So, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> so at seven dollars and fifty cents minimum wage, lowest you can pay. Oh a my man god, I hate all of you. States of America, uh, the dues of two weeks of pay or four percent of that man's income would be three hundred dollars. Oh, you're talking about that really? math that somebody checked you on? So there you go. Three hundred dollars. That's, That's the nice minimum we number. should be charging. I could get behind that. Thank you for that uh, informative segue, but I thought you were going to tell us about like whatever marital drama, et cetera, happened. Uh, oh, why you're not podcasting anymore? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I wish it was. I wish it was that exciting. Uh, because now this is going to be a super downer. I know everybody was hoping for like TMZ. You know, the M for Masonic. Uh, That's why but we no, I actually. For the end, buddy, it's supposed to be the biggest news of all two shows combined. I mean, that's the whole reason to do And you know what? I, I said that it wasn't a big deal, so it really wasn't, though. But uh, I was running into some time issues, and you know, it was one of those that I had to decide between the show that I really wanted to be on or the lodge that I really love and put way too much time in. And the and my lodge, you know, it, it was needing some, I don't know, leadership again. And so I've had to DLC. step in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, and so... I had to go back into it, and it was one of those that I was just like, I, I didn't, really, I, I knew that TMR was a lot stronger than the the five hosts that are on it. So, you know, I said, you know, this will this will be the proof in the pudding of whether TMR can survive and thrive or die, and it's thriving. So, fantastic way to yeah. work, that Nick. Thank you. Yeah, and I think it did it. I, I think I think right now Mike is taking over for the seat that I used to. Uh, Inhabit, and I think they're doing fantastic work there. So I, I'm proud to be an emer emeritus member of of the, the Masonic Roundtable, and I think uh, I really appreciate all my time on the show. So, well, that's awesome. Unfortunately, it's not as exciting. No, I I didn't yeah. drop the mic. I didn't say you know 
this is all BS, man. Screw this place. No, it was like I was, I was really open for some kind of scandal cover up, Nick. To be honest, yeah. I, I know, no, I know, dude. Right? That's what he's selling. Dude, guys do this all the time. That's just what he's selling it as. He no, just said that so he should, so he could come on our show. Now I yeah. understand. Damn it! Welcome to Drive Time with Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. You have time for After Lodge two weeks in a row. Yeah, it, and honestly, it's like that's probably the only two weeks because now it's like I'm I'm working with my kid on Cub Scouts, and God, I don't know how. You know, it's it's a time issue. That's that's the the 24 inch gauge is way too short, and I wish it really. I wish we could add a few more check marks to it, but I hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we appreciate uh, your contribution of your eight hours in the service to God and our podcast listeners. And uh, did you just put us in the same three parts thing as God? Yes. We, I, we, I think you did. You're doing the Lord's Can work. Can you not? Uh, that's called deification, poor... Nick. We covered this an hour yes. ago. We're relieving our poor and distressed brethren um, with this podcast. This is the Lord's work. That we're doing here. And if you can't accept that, then I will accept your resignation. No, I really love being here. Please don't. Elitists need only apply. Oh, no oh wait. Now. Oh, Harlan, are you are you pulling a Trump and you're gonna fire all of us before we quit your show? <laughs> that's that's kind of what's happening. <laughs> He's building a wall around it. Just, just so you know, if any of you try to quit, that's not the story that's going to get out. We're going to go on for six months about how we fired you. And I'm going to go on TMR or whatever it's called and be like, really, bro? so mean. Really? You've, you've been on the After Lodge podcast like a bazillion times. You are never going to make an appearance on TMR. Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't even let you, you on now, dude. I'm sorry. Hey, Mike, it set take. it up. Mike. Blackballed, you might say. Oh, yeah. Um. Hey, you know something I wanted to ask you guys? What would you do? We talked about in the IRC, very seriously. Very serious question. If you sat in Lodge, if you were in Lodge this week, and the brother next to you, you heard him say something along the lines to where he was pro-Nazi ideology. He's like, oh, that girl deserved to die. Yeah, pro what? <laughs> what would you guys do? Their cameras, their fantastic cameras. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, wow. well, you know that's the thing is is I think thankfully in Freemasonry, you know I think because of the lessons of tolerance that are like beaten into you. I mean, literally, they're beaten into you in some places. I, you know, I mean, I, I honestly think that the guys that that hold those opinions, I've seen it before. I mean, they've, I've seen guys just, you know, up and quit because they'll come into a lodge and see, well, what's that book doing there? Well, it's a Quran. What's that book doing there? Well, it's, it's, it's the holy book of, of Muslims. And I actually saw somebody before a lodge even started saying, "I'm out of here," mm-hmm. and and they did that. And I found out later they yeah. they actually quit the whole fraternity because they couldn't handle that. The concept of tolerance and i think thankfully for us because of those principles being so overt 
people self-select. They they leave, and so you know if you heard something like that, I've I've always been on, of the opinion that you have to be proactive rather than reactive. So usually I I try to impress upon any candidate coming in that this this is an organization of tolerance of brotherhood yeah. of man under the fatherhood of God or whatever you call oh, God. So, so would you write a letter to the worshipful master or what? Uh, I, I'm not a tattletale. I, I think I'd handle it locally, and it wouldn't be just a whispering of counsel. It'd be a you, you, you should leave. You should. You, you would scream. Hey, consider. Nazi! Leave the wall. You gotta yeah. start with a whisper, though. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd yeah. say you know my my I'm great uncle serious. ate table scraps in, in a no, in a war camp. So I'm more than happy to sock you one right in the nose. So you know. if if you just if you just let him leave, he's he's gonna go out in the world, and he might. He might petition the Lions Club or something, and how is anybody <laughs> going to know that that he was a Nazi? Well, so, I think with Twitter being as it is, you know, where all these people are being doxxed anyway, I think you got to get it's working itself point. out. And oh, sorry, none of you watched Inglorious Bastards, really? Yes, yeah, oh, I did. I did. We have. So we I just decided not to answer you. Oh man. <laughs> <sighs> That, that movie does make me smile every time I watch it. <laughs> How is anybody going to know that you was a Nazi? <laughs> oh, man. Yes. All right. So, uh, are we... Are we done here? Sounds like it. That concludes episode whatever. We're Master on. crickets prevail in both valleys. Excuse me, the York right is really the only valley that matters. Uh, okay. Positive self-talk. <laughs> what we established earlier. That's important. <laughs> we're good people. <laughs> we still matter. Our aprons are pink. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> we got new aprons, bro. Never oh. live that down. <laughs> I hate you guys. It's okay. Anyway, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story on the way out about uh, a certain incident at the Order of the Temple. So, on the way out, what are we going to the car together? Yeah. Yeah. You wish. You wish. Worship master, can you end this uh, this shindig? Uh, no, it has to be Harlan. <laughs> Does it have to be me? But yes. Why don't, why don't no. you do it, Bruce? You never do it. We live on this thing called tradition. Yes. Yeah. This is the way it's always been done, Nick. Have you ever even oh. been in a lodge? Gosh. I, I, I think Bruce is saying it because he doesn't know the closing after hearing it. Okay, well, you know, I was trying to play it off. If you want to be an asshole. Then yes, <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell Jason Mitchell, but the secretary runs the lodge. Come on. Every single episode of the After Lodge podcast in the past 10,000 years. Yep, that's how long we've been doing this. Has been ended the same way by the same Except guy. Except for the ones that you weren't on. <laughs> no, I think I'm, even I'm, those. I'm, I'm pretty sure we like even cut his voice yes. and just <laughs> pasted it on the end of the episode. Me and Jason were just like, uh, we don't know how to end the episode, so here we go. And All right. We just cut it. All right, let's do it. That'll so, be the uh, end of episode 173. Hey, by the way, Jason Mitchell, <laughs> you got the wrong number. Four, dummy. All right. I wouldn't know uh, if he has Nick, the other See, one. you Nick, can't do this Nick. job, Nick. Other Nick, Mr. 
Brother Johnson. Uh, we appreciate you being on with us again. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you, and uh, we know you're busy, but you are always welcome here on the After Lodge podcast. Yeah, we we really so appreciate you coming on, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Say hello to Nick Jr. from the uh, Order of the Malay out here in, uh, in the good state of Pennsylvania. Commonwealth. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, this is... This has been it for episode 174, 174 of the After Lodge podcast. You can find the show notes for this or any previous www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook by following Nick and then figuring out whatever groups he's in and, you know, harassing him. You can shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Hang out with us on IRC at irc.snoonet.org. Pound time Freemasonry, where you can find all of the rabid discussion during the show, the links to the live show, uh, maybe even early previews of the posted show. More importantly, you can find uh, all of those cool guys to hang around with. So, uh, And you don't have to worry about Bruce being there. Right? You can, uh, of course, find us on the usual best place on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So get on Reddit, tell your friends about us, and we will see you next week, brothers. Dear old daddy, rest his soul, left my mom a heavy load. She tried so very hard to fill his shoes. Working hours without rest, wanted me to have the best. She tried to raise me right, but I refused. And I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried, Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better, but her pleading I denied, that leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried.